welcome to Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. I'm still Katie. Yes, and now, very excitingly, it is our year, year in, in review. review. Year in review. Year in a review. Year, a year in which last year, if you listen, to go back and listen, we were so excited about it not being 2020 anymore. Year, year in, in review. review. 2021 will sum it up. Uh, people were thrilled to get in their stocking or on Christmas, perhaps your at-home COVID-19 oh, test. Nice. Just what you want to get. Buy next now. That's very yeah, nice. Buy next now. Yeah, get I will be selling these on eBay for a lot of money. So if you are in desperate need, I will be oh, Brian. taking advantage You don't really need it. to sell that. You just need to get a get a, a, a negative test and sell that. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm also going to be selling fake vaccine cards. Oh, to, stop. Okay. Don't yeah. even to, say to, such to, things. To NFL, to NFL players. I Jesus am Christ. appreciating our <laughs> listeners who have uh, donated to us some creative titles. If yeah. 2021 yeah. was a movie, yes. what will we call it? Oh, yes. Give us some right off the top here. Yeah. Still? Question mark? <laughs> that might be my favorite one. That's pretty good. A pretty good one. Yeah. Unforgettable. I feel like I feel still like question mark is a, is a Jordan Peele movie. Yes. Yes. I, I, I like it. Yeah. Uh, Psycho. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Roller coaster. Again, this goes the same way as unforgettable for me. Like that implies that there are some ups. Yeah. R- roller coaster there just makes ups. me think of that. Like well, there were some ups. There were some ups. Were there ups? Or are they just relative some... to the horrendous no, downs? I, I still, yeah, was... we still had some ups. There's some we still good. had some yeah. like personal ups. Yeah, but like yeah. if you were summarizing the year mm. in the context of our the lives. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That Kenan's wedding was fun. That was a fun Kenan's moment. Wedding, that was a fun moment. How about insurrection? I, that makes me think of January sixth. Yeah, that's that's if that, all. If that that's had a, if that had a no, so it's, yeah, it's yeah. one of them. Right. Yeah. Those are our thoughts so far. Those yeah. are good. So it's Keep them titles. coming. Keep them Love coming. Them. Uh, so we are talking about comagers, which is a highlight for everybody. Obviously. Yeah, of course what it is. Really movies, we, like the movies, were pretty good this year. You know what worked yeah. in our favor? Except for the month of October, the expectations <laughs> of everyone came way down. This year's expectations were very low, and so we were able to rise to meet those expectations. My expectations challenge. are unflinchingly high. <laughs> for yourself for or for everything. life? For, no, for <laughs> everyone but for myself. <laughs> standards for himself are very low, yeah. but they yields the rest of us to an unachievable standard. Especially if you decide on. to make a movie. That is, uh, oh, I'm that gonna, is I'm gonna try to change that next very true. year. Oh wow! Yeah, well, look at you. Is that a resolution? Maybe we'll maybe a, a little bit. A just try to enjoy film over C plus. For, you know. for you. Yeah. I feel like this was, Christmas really like primed the pump for that for you. You're like this I'm just Christmas gonna lean into this. Movie. <laughs> it was a fabulous but movie. I think it was the right movie for me because it did. It took some wild ass swings at the ball. It sure did. It may have missed a few. There is a continuation of this Christmas. It's not. I tried to figure it out. No, it's not. No, but Madeer is in it. Her name is Madeer. And it spelled, is her. It's the same actress. With the same name. It's spelled differently. The character name is spelled differently. That's weird. And it's not related at all, like storyline-wise. She has a totally different family. Well, I thought it was still supposed to be like similar characters, but they're all now different. No. Oh. No, no, no. That's it's, weird. So it's her. Yeah. Anyway. You're, different world. Bizarre world. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Carrying on. Yeah. So before we start, and we've kind of already started, what is everybody drinking to end the mm. year? And I think this is this is like a twist. We have a twist yeah. ending here. So like I'm a, not having like a, bourbon tonight. It's amazing. This is crazy. I'm having a First beer. First time this year. Record screech. Think, right? from, yeah. Well, 
Yeah, I think so. From Levante Brewing in, in Westchester. Very nice label. Yeah, it's a very cool can. You can kind of see it here. I like the can, not Brian the label. Brian can see it. If you, yes, yeah. I love it. Yep, it's love called it. Cookie Clinic. Hmm? It is a lemon melt-away double IPA. That sounds yummy. And it is brewed with graham crackers, vanilla wafers, orange blossom honey, lemon peel, and vanilla. Mm. Um, it is very citrusy and very bitter IPA, and I oh. dig that. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just take a My little My taste sip. buds are a little bit wonky. This is, uh, when was the, you haven't not had a beer. That's when delicious. When was the last time you had a beer? Me? Or Jim? No, Jim. I had a beer last week. Um, the Christmas time is when I feel like the most like drinking a beer. Um, I do enjoy my Trogues Mad Elf mm -hmm. at least once, you know, a year. We didn't get to go there. We didn't get to go there. Usually we go there during Christmas time to visit Hershey and, and hit Trogues and they have some really, reindeer. really great beers. Um, but I think I think my beer taste is much like my movie taste. I like big swings, even if they miss okay. slightly. Oh, nice so I don't nice. want anything that's like middle around. of the road. Yeah, yeah love it. Well right, tied in a beautiful yep. tie. Yeah. Katie, what do you have? I'm a professional. Uh, I was a com major. <laughs> I brought out my nostalgic glass uh, for those who are not watching along with us on Facebook. It says because virtual teaching 2020. And I thought, isn't that funny? Somebody gave me this wine glass thinking things are going to get better from here. That was June of 2020. Yeah. Here we yeah. are, December 2020. Well, let's be honest. Things have gotten We didn't better. have virtual school in, in we last year. We didn't have virtual school last year. Yeah. This school year so far, we haven't had virtual school. I'll just be school. over here <laughs> drinking my red wine. No. All right. We'll just mm -hmm. move on from that point. Uh, I am, of course, acknowledging one last time before the year comes to an end that he is put away into the egg crate for no, the year. Don't. Egg Angry, Angry egg bird. Oh, he's angry. So is that like, is there like Why a regular egg bird that's like less in alcohol or something? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I really think that when Do you think the, it's like their version of Mad Elf, like what, what kind yeah, of beer is I it? Think so. oh, very well I think done. it is. Very yeah, well I think that's exactly what it is. I was thinking he was uh, angry from have, from being exploited and having to talk no, to all of the children. Oh, he, he's angry from looking like a knight of the Templar. Mm -hmm. He uh, thought that he was just going to have a short term job. Thing. It was going to turn into a long term job. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's got job security. He's got to wear that he like does. medieval hat looking thing that makes him look like he may be the Pope, but he's probably just a, somebody that kisses the Pope's ass. I can't even imagine the kinds of pictures <laughs> that people take with him. No. They probably insult I hope for, him. Brian, do you still time. have him there? Uh, no, he is, he is packed away. For he's the, packed away. You guys already guys packed up? Quick. We're Holy starting the pack up. Starting the process. Not Charlie Brown Christmas yet, tree still standing. Yes. Well, he came out. He was. He's still there. But Egbert is. <laughs> okay. Because guys are impressive. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, well, it's not all done, but we're we're moving in that direction. All right. uh, okay. So, are quick ready? fact check. Quick fact check. This year we did forty-one episodes. Okay. We actually took some vacations mm, this year. That's good. Much needed. Yep. Much needed vacations. And also started another podcast, of course, the Shit Show, yep. uh, Shit's Creek Podcast. Make mm -hmm. sure you're listening, uh, liking, sharing, subscribing to that and hearing amazing stories that you don't hear on this show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, We had 39 movies we mm -hmm. did. We had, of course, an uh, interview with mm -hmm. a debut author. Mm -hmm. And we did Caddyshack, too, that which is not count. a film. Doesn't count. Not a film. Not a film. Um, also... We have a special rundown because at the season end, 
we always have Katie with her amazing com majors superlative. So and mm-hmm. before we get into our com majors, commies of the year, our com major awards, mm-hmm. uh, these we are might want to rephrase that <laughs> Katie's rundown. We have our rundown answers. music, Jim. You want answers? That's not the right word, Jim. That's not the right word. I didn't mess up maybe this whole year. Hey, listen, one of the highlights of this year is that the Rundown music came back. (laughs) Yeah. Came back. We didn't have it for a long time. Hmm. It seems louder. Who should I be for for this year's... Superlatives. Uh, be Katie. Be Katie. Different from last year's superlatives that we missed. Uh, it is different than last year's superlatives. New categories, new exciting categories. Perfect okay. for twenty twenty. Do Brian and I get a chance to? How's this going to work? All right. Are we so, going to get a chance to guess at what you I picked? Didn't, I didn't want this to become a runaway train. Okay. So I can't give you all uh, too much slack. So you wanted it to be different than every other. That's right. We've yeah, done. I'm trying to manage okay. things here a little okay. bit. Stay in control. Uh, so I'm going to give you the three or four possibilities in the category and then my final ruling. Okay. And you can disagree with my final ruling, but my ruling stands. Okay. Fair. Yeah. All right. Our first category is best comedic performance. Mm. Those in the running Chevy chase in Fletch, Bill Murray in Steve Zizou. Okay. But the winner that I know you're going to disagree with. I don't know. I think I might be on it. Cary Grant and Arsenic and Old Lace. 100%. Oh. Yes! So good! It was so good. Oh, that Again, it could be that the expectations got like wildly flim-flam. I agree. Um, I'm trying to think. We didn't do many comedies. I, well, here's, here's my second. I'm surprised that you didn't pick um... Taika. I absolutely had him in the running. Okay. I, d- yeah. I did. I, I had to narrow it. I had to narrow From it. From what we do in the shadows. Yes. Yep. To, to tell you how much <sighs> I appreciated Cary Grant's role in our second list, I keep forgetting that was an episode we ever did. Oh my God, Brian. Ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, I had, it was excellent in that, that movie. That I actually really, we really did, did like that really movie. Enjoyed we did love having it. Scott on the show. I Brian did not movie. like that movie as I much as that movie. Movie. I did not. I did not. It's not a bad now, this next category I really I had a hard time with. Um, the category is best dance scene in a film. Ooh. And we had quite a few dance numbers this year. So if I can remind you, we saw Tick, Tick, Boom mm-hmm. yes. with several dance numbers. The cool. one that is the winner for me in that film is the one between Michael and Jonathan. When yes. uh, no more. The apartment. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Then we have In the Heights several amazing dance scenes mm-hmm. uh i don't even know which one would be my favorite in that film probably the pool i think the, the pool scene is the best dance number in that movie but the winner has to be rad oh bike well, dancing the bike dance yeah. scene in rad i think bike day dancing wins all the time it wins it wins the Hands unexpectedness down. of the bike send as the platform angel. oh my god the use of send me an angel I still argue that the use of Semi and Angel in Teen Wolf 2 was better. But you've completely ignored the dance sequence in Temple of Doom to start the movie. (laughs) Or at the end of this Christmas. You were actually pretty impressed with that. I did think about this Christmas. I did. Oh, actually, I did have that written down, Brian, and I totally forgot. But if I remember correctly, you were pretty impressed with the beginning of of Temple of Doom. I think the beginning of Temple of Doom was really impressive, The dance sequence with the... I remember the... 
Okay. I don't know if impressed was the dances. word that I used, but okay. All right. All right. No, it it happened. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I think that's <clears> fair. Okay. Moving on to most uncomfortable flirtation oh, slash sex scene. Okay. okay. That There's on this so show is many. really difficult. There okay. were so, so many this, this year. This is going to be bad. So Every many. There is one. Okay. There are many inappropriate I, ones. I don't yeah. even know how to bring you down to the narrow yeah. pool because there were oh, yeah. so many. So yeah, I'm just going to list pool. a few. Promising young f- woman. Which yeah. one? Right. The whole film. All of it. Yeah. Um, what we do in the shadows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my favorite <laughs> face off. Oh God. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so bad. But the winner is Sarah Jessica Parker in Hocus Pocus. <laughs> oh yeah. That's <laughs> a pretty good one. It's a pretty that good. Is, that is a crime <laughs> in all 50 states. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Actually. Oh my God. There's two in Hocus Pocus. Then the scene between the teenage boy and girl while stroking the cat yeah. and the child. Yeah. yeah. This, <laughs> Yeah. Yep. So many, so, so many, many bad things. Film. So many yes. bad things. So many virgins in that film. Yeah. So many. <laughs> uh, moving on. Next category is the worst use of practical effects. Oh, I narrowed another, it down another to another one two. in this film. <laughs> yeah, this is like every week on this Katie's show. understanding of practical effects is probably interesting. So let's yeah. that in mind. Let's, let's see what we got here. here. I'm really um, now, one of these I did not see but i heard the conversation nightmare on elm street okay number two beetlejuice number three and what i think is the winner caddyshack too oh like that that that, like mini golf all those like and the gopher the gopher was practical effects right oh he was and it was horrible anything in that movie is almost should be disqualified what about I don't the know nuns that they were the practical. Rookie? Were they a practical effect? The nuns in the rookie. No. <laughs> no this isn't a about his jeans. Yeah, it's his jeans. <laughs> we can count that. All right, we're down to our final two categories. Uh, best world development. Oh. Oh, uh, this I'm interested in. Thank okay. You. The uh, contenders. Mm-hmm. Dune. Mm-hmm. Mm, absolutely. Lord of the Rings, Two Towers. Oh, yeah. Okay. I landed on aliens. But I but it's then a- I but then I thought is that kind of cheating cuz you Well, no, you do see the world. No, no. I mean, I, I think it's well, I, I think there's think a lot more valid. to that. I think the main themes of that movie end up being like the the idea of like big business and corporations and things like that. I I think that's yeah. a valid point. Yeah. Well, when you say the world, it could be you could have framed it as the universe, the movie yeah, cinematic yeah. universe yeah. of it. And I think it absolutely expands. Yeah, that. I right. think I think Dune, I think they're all great, great choices. Thank yeah. you. I'm really I'm, think, ex- I'm impressed with myself. Thank I you. actually <laughs> think Aliens does the I would argue does the best job because it doesn't feel like it's doing that. Right. I agree. Like, right. do, do you know what I mean like yep. Dune is setting up that world and yeah. like Aliens? It just happens organically through the film. Well, like you I mean, they, they do have the the benefit of having a prior film that does some of the work. Agreed. As well, that's so. true. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's fair. That's fair. Well, so did Lord of the Rings, though. Right. Right. All right. So, yeah, that, that Lord of the Rings doesn't count. I don't think. Again, it's final category. Best revenge sequence in a film. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, contenders without remorse. Attack the block, 
promising young woman. So good. But we all one. know the winner for this category this Christmas. You're oh forgetting the other revenge film on the literally. What is it? What is it? John Wick. Oh, I oh, didn't yeah, watch too. it. Remember? Yeah, Katie wouldn't even watch it. Remember, she, she bailed refused. on that one. Yeah. Um, that scene in this, again, we can't reiterate. If you maybe somehow did not, like certain people will will listen to episodes based solely on the film we do. So it yeah. might be a film like, oh, I don't know this film, so I'm not going to please. So watch. if you're listening yeah. to this episode and you have, have not listened to the This Christmas episode, immediately rent this Christmas. If you had a I shitty, cannot recommend it more. A shitty partner that you split with this year hmm. and you want to see a film where that shitty partner I like it. gets what they deserve. I like it. You should watch this Christmas. If you don't yes. have anything to do for New Year's Eve and you love some Idris Elba, yeah. you're going to want to watch this Christmas. If you're just having a shitty day, I think you should yeah, watch you should that. Watch I can't Christmas. even get over the fact that like, I, I think that might have to go. I was like, I didn't. I think I said last week, I don't know if I would watch it again, like rent it again. I might rent it. Again. I would, I would yeah. absolutely I would definitely, rent it again. I would definitely watch it if it's on, but I may even rent it and yep. watch it again. I want it to be on how did this get made just to have just to feel other here. Listen to other people talk about. Yes. Oh, because yeah. I thought you were going to say unspooled. No, no, no. I well, need Jason talking about else. this film. No, this yeah, I, film. Yeah. There is just enough crazy <laughs> this, this film. It's a world. Fabulous. <laughs> this film. Guys. That's really good. Thank you. Oh, it's I need June. So, June? Really, oh, oh, I think they would love this film. It's just it's so upsetting. <laughs> it's fabulous. By the way, really June kills it in 8-Bit Christmas. If you haven't watched 8-Bit Christmas, oh, well, we, Brian, your kids would love it, by the way. That'll be in our recommendations. Yes, we have to watch we'll that. Uh, okay, so that is the rundown. That's the rundown. Um, Some superlatives. Thank you, yeah. Katie. You're welcome. Fabulous superlatives. All right, it is time for our annual commies. The commies <laughs> awards for excellence. V I Lennon. Can we spell, can we spell it different than communism? No, but now uh, it's going to be spelled no. the same. Well, we are going to spell com different than communism because we're calling it commies. commies. So technically, the the pejorative the for communists. What if we spell yes. it with a Z at the end instead wow, of an S? That is fine. We, we could absolutely do that. Or like we, E E com commies. Maybe that looks like. All right. Well, why don't you yeah, work on that? Okay. Katie. My kids today said we should have a Commagers t-shirt, so maybe we, that could be our Commagers t-shirt. Very good. I I'll make it look like the Red Scare. I'm wearing my Criterion shirt, which nice. Bob was Bob. nice enough to send to us, and they <gasps> they thought that it was, in fact, a Commagers shirt. Oh, that's nice. That's mm -hmm. nice. So maybe we I can was just like, pretend. Yeah, I just <laughs> was like, yeah, millions of people want Commagers shirts. All right, here we go. Our annual awards. All right. uh, our first category is favorite now I, we want to stress this this is our favorite mm. there is a differentiation between best and favorite you know mm -hmm. you, you might have a performance that you love that maybe critically wasn't the best but you love it so mm -hmm. what is your favorite performance by an actor in a com majors film this year jim i picked andrew garfield tick tick boom I have some honorable mentions as well. I don't know if I'll, I'll wait till yeah, you guys go. Good. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you guys go and then, and then we'll. So he also gets mine. Uh, I, will mine I will double that. As well. uh, yeah. 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 So why don't we talk about him and then we yeah. can throw in some other okay. performances that we liked. I just, I just keep his performance has stuck in my brain. I just keep replaying little bits of him embodying that character 
so fully yeah. and beautiful. Yeah, it's 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 a, like a disappearance of the actor yeah. that I really, again, like you see that we and you know we've watched like what a, ten seasons of Shameless and we always say it about uh, William H Macy that he disappears and like Frank Gallagher yeah. is now a real person that exists. Yep. And like, granted, yes, Jonathan Larson was a real person that did exist, but watching. Andrew Garfield in that movie, the way he moved, the way he spoke, the way he, everything he did, sang, the way he just looked at other people. Yeah, it was unlike anything I've ever seen from him before. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. And the fact that he took on the task of learning how to sing. Yeah, yeah. He had I mean, like just, a year apparently. Yeah, like to, I don't. Even, well, I just think it's. It's so intriguing to me, his performance, because, again, I was talking about this movie with people uh, after we did the episode because I couldn't recommend the movie enough to people. I said, you have to see it. And I said, I am of the three of us did not see the Broadway show, you know, was very. But he is so you're so engrossed by that performance Mm -hmm. that it's. I don't know. I still think I've been thinking about it for it's been like weeks since we've done it. And I still think it's one of the best adaptations of a Broadway musical I've ever seen. And I think a lot of it comes down to Lin-Manuel's direction, which I think is just I really do think is brilliant. But it's like his performance. There's nothing like showy about it. Do you know there's nothing like this is a Broadway like what I think of in my mind is like a Broadway performance, which I think sometimes like what a leading performance in a Broadway show versus a movie. There is a difference because you have to convey yourself in a different way on the stage versus, you know, on a yeah. scene where they're cutting and all that type of stuff. But everything about the performance, mm-hmm. whether it be the musical sequences or the non-musical sequences is spot on. I, I don't think I've seen a better performance this year from any of the movies that I've seen. In new releases. I think it's the best new release performance I've seen from somebody this year. Agreed. Honorable mention. I have both Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya from Jameson and the Black Messiah. I I leaned towards Daniel, but yes. I I lean towards Lakeith. Yeah, I know. We had that conversation during the episode. Yeah. Um, And then I also have Anthony Ramos from In the Heights. Mm -hmm. I think he is a, a superstar waiting to happen. Mm. I know he that's like a big role, but I think he he deserves bigger. <laughs> um, and then I have I thought, Carrie, he deserved, yeah. I thought he deserved better of a movie because well, I thought he he, he he was. But no, I'm just saying yeah. like his performance, I think, gets lost because that film will ultimately be somewhat forgettable, especially with movies like Tick, Tick, Boom, which are just so much. But his performance in that movie is well, much better than the totality of the movie yeah. itself. Depending on how long they wait, because they're it's only a matter of time before they decide to do an adaptation of a cinematic adaptation of Hamilton. Depending on how long you they wait, he could be the yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. The other two I had, because you just have to, based on the two films, are Cary Grant and Bogart. Because I think they were both mm. maybe... Probably not Cary Grant's best role, but I mean, Bogart in Casablanca. I, yeah, I I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I also had Gene Hackman in the Royal Tenenbaums Mm -hmm. because I thought he was fabulous in that. And another one was Chevy Chase and Fletch. 
because I thought it was a like pitch perfect comedic performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very you good. Tailor made to him. All right. So we all agree. I don't know if we've ever had that before where we all yeah, agree. That's, that's a rarity on one thing. Yeah. So that's a big one. All right. So our second category uh, is favorite actress katie mm. who is your favorite actress in a com majors film despite my struggle with the movie as a whole i had to acknowledge the performance of carrie mulligan mm. carrie mulligan in promising young woman jim yep. i went with Frances mcdermott in mm-hmm. nomadland mm. and i was split between the two but i went with katie and went with carrie mulligan so and of course Frances mcdermott yeah who which would was a actually won the oscar yeah so um so let's talk about her performance in that film and then we'll double back to carrie mulligan in promising young woman the further i think the further i get away from watching nomadland the more i i want to go back and watch it again um because i feel like it is i don't know about you guys but i feel like it's speaking more and more um and I want to rewatch it before I see The Eternals, which I haven't seen yet, just to reacquaint myself with Chloe Zhao. And I think that Frances McDormand really, again, like she disappears in that film. Like mm-hmm. she doesn't, she doesn't exist as an actress anymore. I was just thinking about, you know, that. So she's playing Lady Macbeth, right? Lady right. Macbeth, which um, I can't wait to see. By the way, just to with think Denzel. about the the breadth of the Frances McDormand that yeah. she can become well, think about the, every woman. Right, right, right. Think about that, like... But then to compare that to Denzel, what mm-hmm. we said about Denzel is like Denzel in Fences, there is a struggle in, and it might be our restriction of like being able to see him as the sort of everyman role, but there's something about Denzel that makes it really difficult for him to fully disappear into that sort of a role. Right. And I think that's okay for some roles. Like, I think it's going to be okay for Macbeth. Oh, it's going to be fine for Macbeth. Yeah. Because yes. he, br- he brings the yeah. king. Right. He, br- right. he brings right. the right. king power. Yes. Right. Yes. That's the thing. You look at someone like him or Idris and you're like, holy, they are a force right. to look at. But then like, if, so making that comparison, like then well, when you think like Idris can disappear into Stringer, but like, think about, I don't think so. That's not really a disappearance. But I think that was, I think that's his first Stringer. That's his first thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's because we didn't But know think him. about yeah, someone like Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. Like she to me can't disappear yeah, I agree. as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I anyway, know. it's, it there's speaks like, to the, how, how good Francis is. Yes. There's like a strikingness to some people's looks and they're the way that they carry themselves. and i just i wonder how much of that is is controllable right it it just feels like i don't know that speaks to how good francis mcdormand is i do and i think how many people are willing to take the risk especially female actresses where so much of hollywood is based on image right and well, how are you going to feel to, and like, that was part of her approach right in that way yeah no that she, she like Chloe she lived to her makeup on set she and she lives the life lived right like people. i mean th- yeah. so in terms of character acting like and she will, became the person and i will say when we watch when we did that episode i had already seen it multiple times and you guys had only seen it once yeah. so it'd be intriguing to go back and and see it again yeah. from your point of view in terms of 
what it is. Cause I think it plays out even in a more interesting way the second time. Cause you really delve yeah. into like what that performance yeah. was. She was great. Uh, now on the other end of the spectrum, in some ways, certainly in terms of look style story is um, Carrie Mulligan in promising young. Woman. She was my other, my first yeah. honorable mention. I mean, such a different role. Yeah. For me, there, I don't know. There was a, just a uniqueness to that character and like the, the development of her was so fully formed, you know, it just all of her mannerisms, her, her styling, her, everything, her body language. Like she was a character I haven't seen before in film. Mm. And she so fully embraced it in all of its idiosyncrasies. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, there are sequences in that movie that I just think stay with you. Like, yeah. not only the way she played, like, from the imagery perspective, I think just the imagery of, of the film alone, it's like one of those films you could turn almost into like a coffee table book, just the, the, the color choices, the way they framed her and the way she was able to pull that off. But there's like this contrast of her character and scenes, the vulnerability versus just this kind of viciousness. And I think yeah. of like when she's with um, Alison Brie at the, the lunch and what she does there or what she does to Connie Britton, who's the Dean about mm -hmm. her daughter and how she plays that. But then you, you, you pair that with like the scenes where she's more vulnerable with Bo Burnham or even the end sequence, you know, where she meets her demise and what was the, I mean, there's just so mm, like she's how leaving the get, lawyer's house. Yeah. 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 Like how you get yourself. I, I just can't imagine having to get yourself to that place throughout this film, like the different emotions that it's it would interesting because after that, Katie and I went back and watched most of Killing Eve. We still have a couple episodes, which is Emerald Fennell's series that she wrote about um, like an MI6 agent and a, and a assassin kind of like tracking each other. And it's very interesting to see that she seems very interested in these kind of stunted, emotionally, emotionally stunted women and how they interact with everything around them. And that's kind of what Promising Young Woman is about, is about this, this woman who is dealing with this awful trauma. That's, I thank you. That was an important word that I felt like you were missing. <laughs> They're st they are stunted because of... Yeah, not some kind not, of not trauma. because they just not, woke not, up and decided to. Right, yes. right, right, right. right. It's an important yes. point. Right. Um, and and I feel like she's playing around with that idea a lot in Killing Eve, but it seems to be really crystallized and and fully fleshed out in Promising Young Woman. That is, uh, yeah, I, I think it's definitely a, a rewatch at some point. And then she traumatizes the rest of us by making us watch the ending. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you know what the interesting thing about that movie is? Is I, I think it has an impact on you in a way that few films probably do. Mm -hmm. But you do have to take a while to process it. I think to really think about it and what it was about. And even it's, I, I think it's on HBO Max and stuff now. And I've just been. You, you have to be in the right place, I think, to go back and revisit it because yeah, you know what it's can. going. You know what it's going to do. But it's, I think at some point I will again, because I think 
I just want to watch it again from knowing the story because I think it's just such a well-made movie. Like, obviously, it's emotionally going to get you the trauma and all that stuff. But I think like the cinematography, the direction, the acting, it's all so good that I feel like I, I don't want to deprive myself from seeing it again because I just think it was it's just such a great movie. But it's emotionally all right. Let me run through my honorable mention. See if you guys agree with me. I have um, Amanda Seyfried, Sigourney Weaver, and Kathy (laughs) Najimy. Kathy Najimy. I'm kidding. You nope. You said it. You put it out there. Now it's there. The way that she pulls off the bells palsy (laughs) mouth. True. Sure, she did. Not everybody could do that. No, but honestly, Amanda Seyfried in Mank. Oh yeah, yeah, she was great, Mank. And um, Sigourney Weaver, obviously in Aliens, I think is what makes that movie great because she is really the only character. Everyone else is just a a kind of a device for her. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yep. Anybody else for you, Katie? Uh, no, I played the game by its rules and only awarded one. I just have well, one. Yeah, that's because I'm awarding others. Enough. I'm putting others <laughs> there for conversational pop battle top five episodes. I, I only have we one. Always have, we always have <laughs> extra ones. I'd also like to throw um, a little um, thumbs up to Jennifer Aniston in Office Space. Yeah, I thought about I, that I, as well. Because I, because I, I honestly do think that she was. Someone who's usually not on my radar is me thinking she's her performances are the best, but I thought she did a a really, really good job on that. All right. Our next category is best director in a film. Mm -hmm. I will start. My choice was a film we just talked about Emerald Fennell in Promising Young Woman. All right. Uh, My choice is Lin-Manuel Miranda. I like the way that Gloria Stefan says his name. Lin-Manuel Miranda. (laughs) For Tick, Tick, Boom. And I went with Danny Villeneuve for Dune. Mm, Villeneuve. Ooh, Villeneuve. Mm-hmm. Villeneuve. If you're going to say his name, please say it correctly. Mm-hmm. Or as I like to call him, the 21st century Emile Ardolino. Mm. I feel like he's the ex- successor to the Ardolino. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we go back to front? So, Jim, let's start. Danny Villeneuve, Dune. I just think it's such a massive undertaking and to have such a, you know, when you, when you read something that is so, um, that is so out there and specific in its weirdness, like Dune, to be able to like put something visually on screen that is just as strange and weird, but does somehow stay grounded and make some sort of sense is very impressive to me. Um, not just in the themes of the movie and the story and the plot, but but the design of the sets, the the way everything looks, and keep it, there's like a consistency and a and such a sleekness to his vision that I really I really like a lot, and and it it's very apparent if you go back and watch Blade Runner twenty forty nine and Arrival that there is this aesthetic that he has that sort of was perfect for Dune. Yeah. And he does. I mean, the, his ability to work with cinematographers to create imagery is like unbelievable. I, you know, if you, I mean, just to tackle Blade Runner 2049, when you think of how Blade Runner 
yeah, basically are- established the aesthetic for visuals for sci-fi films. Yeah. And then he like took it to a whole different level. And he does yeah. that with Dune. So I think he's awesome in this. Yep. Katie. Uh, Lin-Manuel took a large piece of source material and cut it down to a trim piece of art that feels like it has zero missteps and all of the best decisions mm-hmm. um you know taking on one of brian's least favorite genres the biopic yes integrating I didn't even think of it as a biopic it's, whoa, that's how great a it job is did. it still is it still is mm. so you are still telling one man's story and integrating in the fictional story that he created inspired by his life like the, you know as we said like there are three storylines happening at one in one yeah. narrative and it all works i agree and he threads in these like fantastic scenes where and it, you <laughs> He never loses the audience. You are with him for every minute of that journey, every second of that journey. It is impeccable. Yep, and I, I agree. And I, I he was my first uh, honorable mention. And I think for the same reason is that you know, just in the same way that Dune was this incredible, weird, you know, script. I am Tick Tick Boom is the same exact thing, and it remains grounded and human and feels. It feels great. Yeah. 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 I, he would, he would probably have been my second choice. And Denny Villeneuve would have been up there as well. I, I definitely think both of them should be nominated for Oscars. Uh, Emerald Fennell was nominated for an Oscar last year um, when Promising Young Woman was up. I just, I, I still, the, for a first time director, I just think it's an, unbelievable film and that's not the only criteria i i think the use the editing in the film was fabulous the performance she gets out of people the casting everything about it is is powerful the the ability to create something that has a social commentary because she wrote it as well so i think she gets bonus points in my mind maybe for that and do it in a way that is so on the nose to what the problem is but but still be able to create an original story. It's just, there was, it's like the total package there. And to, to be able to work with the cinematographer and production design, everything to create imagery for your first film, like she had done TV and stuff like that, but this is, it's a beautiful film. Um, And it's a unique voice. You know, when I watched it, I thought of like people like Ryan Coogler, You know, I thought about like people like Kubrick, like people whose films have a a Chloe Zhao with Nomadland. It's the same Mm -hmm. way. Like the two of them, there's something different. You're watching it. And maybe at first you can't put your finger on it, but I feel like you're going to watch her films and you're going to know that they're her films. Yeah, they're right. Like there are certain directors, I feel like, that disappear into the story that they're trying to tell and there are other directors that that imprint their vision and their theme throughout like Wes Anderson Wes Anderson but but yes. yeah but not so like his is mostly visual and and quirkiness mm, yeah, so it sticks out a, a little, little bit, bit of, more yeah. but i feel like when you when you 
when you think of um like Jordan Peele, for instance, like mm. it's almost like you know you're watching one of his movies. Whereas you mm-hmm. you could have someone like Ron Howard who has been I think he's been nominated, right? Oh, he, he's won so, Oscar, but he's yeah, the he's type won. of guy that disappears yeah. into the movie, yeah, right? Yes, and, he does. He's willing to. He's he's more in the service yes. of the movie. He's a JJ Abrams, right, right? Right. That's what he yeah. is. Yeah. I think Greta falls into I was that. Yes, say Greta. yes, Greta, yeah. Greta, Greta falls into Jordan that Peele order, are the ones that I thought um, who were absolutely like that. So and so, I thought that was fabulous. Okay, my favorite category every year. <laughs> Cinematography, best cinematography in a film. Commagers, Katie, go. And the, this is the category that Katie always struggles with the most. Uh, I went with Joshua James Richards for Nomadland. And you did a name drop. Thank you. Chloe Zhao's partner, by I the way. I looked it up. Uh, <laughs> I looked it up. Um, I thought that partner that in was, film or partner in life? Both. Okay. I thought that was something that in that movie. I was very aware of the choices made in terms of showing the size of the world in in like the grandness of it at mm-hmm. times and the the smallness, you know, the cramped quarters of the inside of the, the truck. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the the way that that was portrayed was beautifully done. Um and just and the the beauty, the beauty the beauty of the scenery juxtaposed with the grittiness of mm. of the story yeah of the amazon warehouse yeah, yeah of the yeah. amazon no but all of it that's yeah, fair yeah. of the in there uh jim how about you i picked uh grieg of Rager from dune oh, um i have yes. no um whatever honorable mentions because i just wow didn't feel like getting look into at you cinematography. Okay. i just don't oh. know again it's always the most interesting category for me because and I guess you could say this about director too. Like, I do feel like there is such an overlap. Yeah. And there are so many people that are responsible for what we see mm-hmm. that it's hard to say, like, that's the cinematographer. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Totally. And I get it. But like, Dune and Nomad Land were the two that I thought about because yeah. I think that they, they took the idea of what was in the frame of the camera and on screen as a piece of the storytelling. Uh, fabulous article on Dune cinematography with Greg Frazier and Denny Villeneuve in November's issue of American Cinematographer. American like, Cinematographer. I didn't even know any, that was a magazine. If anybody would like I'm to glad borrow, they have at least uh, one subscriber. Brian, he does. I, I do. I am a subscriber. It's the official... Uh, publication of the american cinematographer society mm. um he, and he's fabulous and aileen probably loves is, that magazine yeah it's a fabulous magazine great um sure it looks really nice articles yeah. it's, i'm it sure it's a beautiful the, the visuals the pictures it is it actually printing the the paper is fabulous uh i myself am going with joshua james richard from no man lad as well i thought it was the best shot film of last year the visuals are great my one complaint uh, i i think i'm higher on eternals than some people uh-huh. and i think that's because i'm a chloe Zhao fan and i've seen all her films and i think that was a big plus going into it my one complaint was that he was not allowed to be cinematographer they brought in a marvel somebody who had done other Marvel movies. And I, I do understand, I think, why, but I would have been really intrigued. And, and there's elements of that. I think he was actually 
a producer on it, a visual, you know, he was a consultant. So there's elements of that style of filmmaking in Eternals that is definitely very different than. Yeah, because they have to use that Marvel. dome, right? They have to use yeah. that dome. Well, not where always, they... but like, I think the issue for them was the action sequences and stuff like that. And how do you tell it in this style? But uh, I think one of the knocks people had with it was it looked like a documentary and all that type of stuff. Is it a film? But I think that's a credit to how they filmed it. Yeah. And, you know, the choices and the things he made there. I also love Greg Fazier and Dune. Um, and then two um, old school, you know, cinematography things. One was Arthur Edison, who was Casablanca with the deep focus and the way they oh, used yeah, to shoot it and stuff movie. like that was amazing. And then Eric Meiserschmidt, who did Mank in the style, the same exact style that Citizen Kane was shot in. Yeah. And the fact that he used that that tile style of shooting. And if they, I didn't, I thought, I think we all like Keenan and Tim were on when we did Mank. And I thought we all thought the film was okay. Yeah. Um, but I think the best part of it was Amanda Seyfried and how it actually looked. There's like that middle the monologue that is worth watching the movie just for well, yes, alone. That, that part as well. Katie fell asleep before that. <laughs> Oh, well, so also, by the way, great article on Manx cinematography in last November's American Cinematographer magazine. So just run out there, get well, a subscription. Check that out. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send you It'll be a late holiday gift for you, too. I'm sure you'll read all of it. Uh, here we go. Pump up the volume. Best score or soundtrack in a picture. We go to our resident music expert, Jim DeSanto. What was the best score or soundtrack in a film? In I am not a music expert. I struggled with this one so much. So the fact that it says best, uh, I have to go change it to favorite. If you want, I have to go with tick, tick, boom, because it it elevated the original source material, which is, is musical in nature. Um, I also have in the Heights and the two towers, but I think tick, tick, boom is, just awesome and the way it uses the soundtrack like yeah it's not fair i mean like when we say soundtrack score and we have two musicals and stuff to look beyond them yes um but for me it's easy when you compare in the heights and tick tick boom like yeah yeah i'm surprised at that i thought you would have went the other way no i love the songs of in the heights but to me the way that lin-manuel uses the music in tick tick boom it has such a more like integrated feel yeah. to it and it becomes a piece of the story not just a piece of the storytelling because you could say the same thing about in the heights but the dynamics of it like there's just there's just more there's just more yeah. going on with it yeah um but i always do feel like i need to give like a score yeah. a nod to a score yeah, okay give us a it's score. different us up with the score. i went with aliens I love the yeah. way that Aliens uses, and maybe it's more like sound design, yeah. Um, yeah, sound design and in. score. Um, but, but again, I feel like it becomes a piece of the storytelling in Aliens. Yeah, mm. which of uses course, a but- lot of those like, like those that, like reverb thing that's like going up, like, like mm-hmm. yeah. That's why you're the music expert. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's when you drop it. Of and, course, uh, the correct, uh, go ahead, Brian. Sorry. The correct answer to this is the bodyguard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the highest selling soundtrack in film. History. I have to tell you the best moment. Alina of the night. Is it really the highest selling? Yes. I yes. thought it was still uh, uh, Saturday Night Fever. 
Please Ooh, remind I me of the bodyguards past it. The main song. I I, I just lost it. I will always, we'll love, always you. love you. Thank you. Um, one of the highlights of 2021 was my homeroom breaking into song when that song came on my Pandora station. Mm. 12, 14 year olds belting Whitney. I mean, lasting. Come on. It has lasting power. We'll That's always all. love you, Queen of the Night. I mean, yeah, it's good. Yeah. So you're right, we Brian. Didn't get Barrio to dress up like Bodyguard. Whitney Houston and then sing. Real time fact check. Bodyguard, I don't know when this article was written, 2018. Mm-hmm. As of 2018, so probably, um, I'm sure they haven't sold many more units. I was going to say, I mean, it's probably still well, true. Did she die, though? It might have gone up a lot. Before then. Died. Before okay. then, yeah. Um, I, I definitely owned I Fever, definitely so. owned that. 18 million oh, units. Did. Saturday I mean, Night Fever did. is at 16 million. Yeah. Purple Rain at 13. And then Forrest Gump in the fourth. I did own that oh, one. People love the Forrest Gump. Dirty, Dirty Dancing. Dancing. Oh, I had that one too. And then the number six. Titanic. Yeah. Titanic. Yeah. Oh. Um, I think I owned The Bodyguard on cassette and CD. Yeah. Mm, I did not. Ooh, double. Two double dual lift. forms. Yep. You should listen to your music expert. I did not know that. I'm sorry, what? I did not you own did it. Not own, oh, well, mm. listen, a, well, a I film met you where yet. the soundtrack is better than the film itself. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The bodyguard. Uh, okay. We ha- have changed this over the years. We used to call yeah. it the worst film of the year, yeah. but then but I we don't attempted want to, be negative. Yeah. to <laughs> adopt. <laughs> yeah. So we've changed As the Brett phrasing. Goldstein would say, we don't like We're just going to say you couldn't pay me enough money to rewatch yeah. it. No, this is the film I'm least likely <laughs> to rewatch. Film. I think we should all say it at the same time and see if we all picked the same one. Okay. I don't I actually one. don't think we did. No, we probably did. Okay. I bet you we did. Let's try. Okay. One, right. one, two, two three. three. The rookie. <laughs> I am. I can find enjoyment in Caddyshack too. I'm way more uh, likely to find any. Yeah, I'm way more likely to watch Caddyshack <laughs> yep. too than the rookie. Same. Honestly, I'm. I, I was close to saying I'm less likely to watch Hocus Pocus <laughs> than I. Those am were Caddyshack the three too. that were in my. Yeah. But the Hocus one Pocus thing I bad. consider no. is that. In a future state where Tim and Keenan from Pat Battle were like, we want to know what is the worst movie you've ever seen and you want to rewatch and talk about. If I took the three of those movies, which I do think are the three worst movies we've watched for this podcast ever. Yeah. Oh, no. Mazes and Monsters would. No, you see, absolutely. I would watch Mazes, Mar- no, but, Mazes but and Monsters. No, but not ever. The Rookie is the least interesting of all of them. That's true. That's true. See, I feel like there's enough in The Rookie that it annoys me that I would get like ang- like the jeans and like oh, see like that's the other two for me it's so freaking long focus yeah. no. is so oh they, but there's so much going on awful. there yeah. so much the sexual on. undertones are I, so much yeah. worth talking there's so, so much to talk about I feel yeah. dirty after watching focus you like focus. it I feel dirty <laughs> um, you like a lady with three, a bell's all palsy three, <laughs> all three films are <laughs> Absolutely horrible, though. You yeah. like Can we a, agree on that? Yes. The rookie is my choice. Really bad. It always makes me think of best um, just friends, which is when Ryan Reynolds's friend is trying to pump him up. Is like you moved away from New Jersey and became something big. He's trying to like get him in the right headspace to ask his girl this girl out. He says, "You're Chris Brandyard. You're Hollywood." He's Dusky Dinkelman. He's Jersey. He skis in his jeans. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. A, uh, skiing and jeans. Fabulous. Yeah. Um, and don't watch any of those films. No, don't. Also close, but I would probably rewatch it, but was not good at all. Three Amigos. Oh. I would rewatch that. You know, I would. That was bad. It yeah. was really bad. Uh, okay. Now, our next two categories are slightly uh-huh. different. We have our favorite film that we did on Commagers this year. Uh-huh. And then we have what we think is the best film. Uh-huh. So we're going to yeah. differentiate those. Uh-huh. Let's start out what your favorite film was. Jim, what was your favorite film this year? Aliens. Uh-huh. 100%. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it's rising for me, I think, after watching. I haven't watched it in a while. We rewatched it this year. I've always put Aliens up so many rungs below the original Alien, and I think it's gotten much closer. The older I get, I think it's gotten closer to the original for me. Yeah. Wow. See, this podcast has done something for you, Jim. Yeah. Uh, it's done something. I would say this podcast has done much for me because I discovered a movie this year that I think is going to be one of my favorite movies of all time. And so my favorite movie of the year is Hunt for the Wilder People. I recommend that film to every single person that I meet. Like I without it's like when I recommend Brandy Carlisle. I'm like, there (laughs) this is this is a hundred percent like I I have no like you are going to love this. There's no way around it. It's pure joy. That's how I feel about this movie. Mm -hmm. So I love it. Fabulous. Uh Mine is what we do in the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. Also, such a good Taika, oh, also good. Taika is I, just. I have not <gasps> laughed what a at find. something uh, uh, that I hadn't seen, is, like something new. Is Taika like, like the, the Ted Lasso of directors? Yes. Like he brings, there's such a joy. Yes. Even in like, even in Jojo Rabbit, which is. Doesn't make any sense. There's a sadness to that movie that exists. And I think that's his brilliance. Is like there's a sadness in Hunt for the Wilder People, but and in and, we, and it's the scene for Ted Lasso. And yes, this is right. where the, there's there's a right. misunderstanding of Ted Lasso that it's like yes. all joy. It's like no, no, no it's no. both. It's, it's the broody. It's also like understanding and accepting the sadness and saying like yes, yes in spite of that, there's also. also this. And I think even in Wilder People and in, I mean, you'll see it in Thor Ragnarok when we finally get around to it. Yeah. There's. I think that's like his thing. It's like I love it. Yeah, it's it's, it's so fabulous. good. What we do in the shadows. Yeah, there's a uh, what I meant me. to say, Brian, is that there's a sadness in that movie. Sure, around the is. vampires. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, what a film, though. Yep. I mean, it's one of those if you haven't seen it, yeah. please you watch have it. To see it. Uh, now, those are our favorite films. What was the best film we watched though? Mm-hmm. If we had the classified and like, can I do a quick rundown? Yeah. There were only several films that got the coveted A. Yeah. yeah. All right. These mm-hmm. are the following films. The following films got A's this year from all the commagers, which is an A average between Katie, Jim, myself, and if we had a guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guest, of course, would usually give like an A plus to the movie because they were on because mm-hmm. they picked the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So here are the films that received A's this year. Casablanca, Judas and the Black Messiah, Life Aquatic with Steve Zazen, um, Aliens, Dune, What We Do in the Shadows, and Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah. That is it. Seven films received a composite score of A. The lowest score of the year was at a D plus Caddyshack 2. So what is everybody's favorite film we watched this year? Katie. Best film. Not favorite. Best film. Best film. Best, best film. Sorry, best film. Best Tick, film. tick, boom. Katie. 
Tick to Boom is the winner for me. Tick Boom, all right. It yep. was it was a tie between Tick Tick Boom and Nomad Land for me, and I went with Nomad Land because I knew Katie was going to go with Tick Tick Boom. Oh well, there you go. Say. Spread the love. Yeah. Um, Tick Tick Boom, fabulous, loved it. Nomad Land, amazing. I perhaps it's my old Hollywood bias, but I thought it was Casablanca because mm-hmm. I think me and it's maybe not fair because it, you know it's tied into it like its influence on Hollywood and all those types of things. Uh, and perhaps those other films will achieve those levels of status. But I, I, I don't know. There's just something about that film. It's made all those years ago. You can still watch it. It doesn't matter how old you are. Obviously, none of us were alive when it was made. It doesn't have any of the modern advantages of filmmaking and things like that. And I feel like you could still watch it once a month and be okay with watching it. I think it's great. The the thing that surprised me about Casablanca is how much I liked it despite the confusing idea that it's somehow a miraculous love story, which mm. I don't think it is. I don't think it's a great love story at all for for anybody that has a maturity level of a certain Level. Well, I think it's um, there's elements that people don't like it because they say it's oh it's a problematic film now because of modern yeah, yeah. inventions and stuff but, like. But but I think you can watch it what the way you're talking about now, Jim, and still see it. Yeah. For I think it actually makes it more complex and interesting if it's not like the greatest love story. Yeah. Of all time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So all great films. Watch any of those films. You know, um, because there's nothing you. I mean, there's a nice mixture there. By the way. Judas and Black Messiah, fabulous, right? Casablanca, Life Aquatic, Wes Anderson, shout out. We didn't talk about him. We saw two really cool Wes Anderson movies this year. Aliens, which I think is one of the great revisits we've ever done on this show of going back and watching film that's maybe even far exceeded what we thought about it when we were younger. Dune, modern classic. What We Do in the Shadows, you'll laugh nonstop. And Tick, Tick, Boom might be the best movie of 2021. Yeah, we watched some good film this year. Yeah, a few bad ones. We needed something. We needed something to round out the year. All right. It is time for five questions. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth! What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? Word. Why? All right, here we go. Five questions uh, for Katie, Jim. I'll answer some. Here we go. Uh, thumbs up. or Let's do the uh, to a shout out to our amazing friends, Tim and Keenan. We'll use the pop addled thumbs method for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many thumbs would you give uh, 2021? Jim, I'm going to go with the. Uh, with their frequent guest, Harrison from doom thugs and he usually does a technical thumb and an emotional thumb technical thumb i would say thumbs up emotional thumb kind of like halfway wow i'm I'm going two thumbs down on this year two thumbs down two thumbs down really really being a downer there yep i am going to do uh one thumb up because there, there, there were some good things and then the other thumb (laughs) down because there were some bad things (laughs) three quarters of the way down 
I don't know. And, and yeah. I have no classification of why. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, make sure you listen to Tim and Keenan every week on Pop Battle, of course. Uh, question two. Would you rather <sighs> relive the year 1991 or the year 2021? Katie. 91. Uh, 2021. Well, you and your mom, you and your mom are watching some silk stalking. Absolutely, I'm 11 years old. I'm blissfully ignorant. Mm. There is no internet. There are no cell phones. There is just family matters. Mm. That's it. Nick at night. Nick at night. Yep. What was your favorite Nick at night show? Ooh, I had a lot. I had a lot. Um, so I need to remember, Perfect Strangers was Thursday night, right? And then no, well, was it Perfect was Strangers. Of Friday. It was okay. Was then Perfect of, Strangers was my favorite. Nights. Yeah, yeah. It's not a Nick at Night show. It wasn't not. It was not Nick at Night. I'm so sorry. So Nick at Night. But I loved Dragnet. I loved Dragnet. Yeah, Dragnet. Yeah, I loved my crime shows. You know that mm -hmm. little detective. That's true. It was the early detective um, show. Listen, one great thing about 2022, the original Law and Order is coming back, and Katie and I might ha I might have to drive to Philadelphia every week to watch the episode with Katie. Oh, that would be excellent. Be fabulous. Um, 2021 I, for me. Two for, for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, for me, I was just a. You're like, not a nostalgic person, Jim. I'm not very nostalgic, but partly because I think every year prior to me being in college was not me so great. Yeah. Was me. was Butch. Still in operation. Yes. In 1991. Yeah, yeah. He's still around in 1991. Right. And if you don't know who Butch is, make sure you yeah. listen to the Shit Show with Shit's Creek podcast, where all podcasts can be found. Uh, okay, here we go. Fill in the blank question. Uh, 2021 should be known as the year of mm. blank. Fill in the blank. The vaccine. That's oh, nice, Jim. That's nice. That's nice. Katie, yeah. I feel is going to be a little bit more negative. Yeah, so no, I was going to go out. with abandoning expectations. <laughs> wow, this getting is rid like of them. a really dark <laughs> yeah. turn. Mm -hmm. This is taking a very dark turn. Yep. Mm. Brian, how about you? Yeah, I, I got nothing for this. Mm -hmm. No, I'm just kind of like, really? Yeah. Fear of, really? Yeah. Question mark? Yep. Yeah. yeah, I just, I'd like to go back to Disney World. We'll went to Disney it. World before the pandemic. I just like to, you know go back yeah. to that world where I was eating my Mickey Mouse ice cream mm -hmm. bar and my Mickey Mouse pretzel yep. and just kind of enjoying mask-free life blissfully. Mm -hmm. mm. I'd like to go a week where I'm not worried if I have to take a day off because somebody's going to be a close contact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Airing it all out there. Yep. Uh, how about favorite? What's your favorite memory? And we're gonna eliminate Katie from this question. No, no, no. I, I do have a favorite memory of this okay, year. Okay, all right, here we go. All right. So what's your favorite right. memory of so 2020? Favorite memory of this year actually is Disney World for yeah, me. Agreed. Ah, you guys uh, we went, went on which was awesome. yep, yes, and we did a road trip. We did. And it was fantastic. Yeah. We we had the best. Oh, you wouldn't time. want to fly because the airline industry is batting a thousand. Yeah, this no, year. it was you it was the best. Stay away from that. Yep. I, and I couldn't, I wouldn't have believed it that being in the car for 15 <laughs> hours over the course of three days with my children would be blissful, but it was. Mm. Yeah, it was great. And my husband, he was there too. Okay. I was also was there. Kind of, was kind of there. Also is that there. your favorite memory, Jim, as well? I guess it has to be now. No, yeah. it doesn't. 
<laughs> you, you were going to be like yesterday in my office with my new pedals. Yeah. No, it was, it was definitely. Just I, I love. was not getting used uh, toiletries for Christmas this year. Oh yeah, he, honestly, he I, can, I I was going to pick Disney World, but I will be more specific and say when we got off of the Smuggler's Run ride, which is when you drive the Millennium Falcon. Mm. Eva, our youngest, was like when we're like oh did you like it she's like it was a lot of fun but very stressful daddy was yelling at me to fly straighter she kept wow. crashing the plane she was crashing the millennium falcon wow, she was something. so not happy yeah yeah i bet he wasn't that was awful mm -mm. Uh, i was happy to celebrate my parents 50th with our whole family and then we got to spend time with our whole family on thanksgiving Pre I will also say con. honorable mention favorite memory Keenan's wedding was a lot of fun. Oh, it was so much fun. It was it was pretty much the only event that we did with other people this year That's true. in that scale. Yeah. And I felt like it was it was a, a bunch of really good people. It was great. And it was our uh, it was our only night away. Yeah. The whole year. Yeah. Like by ourselves mm -hmm. without our kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was fabulous. Uh, finally, deep thoughts question. What is your favorite com majors episode from 2021? Who wants to go first? You can go. This Christmas. Yeah, I, I mean, recency biased. I listened to that again, and I think it's very funny. I think that's the only episode that you have actually ever said to me that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> David is so pure and... Nope and joyful uncorrupted and uncorrupted yeah, by by our negative thoughts yep he was so the pleasantly man, surprised that we enjoyed the movie the man well, was, was so shocked. excited he thought he, he was walking yeah. he was clearly thought he was walking into a hornet's nest yeah he thought this was going to be a chris monero the rookie situation which, where we just bashed him which for just adds hour. to the episode yeah in a way that is really nice yep and I do think I have some really funny shit to say during that episode. There's, there's some great moments. There are great moments. Yep. Uh, Selfishly, so I, I listen to my own jokes. No, uh, we also, I feel awesome. like we need to just take one more moment to acknowledge a best moment in film this year. Regina King in underwear. Like mm -hmm. I, yes, just, I will never forget that. I, I mean, also would like to acknowledge Sarah Rad. Jessica Parker. Yes, and, uh, and showing the bus the driver top of her boobs. <laughs> the bus driver and giving the bus Hocus. driver a lap dance. How is it not sexy? It feels like it should be sexy, but it's not because well, no. it's a kids' movie. Uh, how about ass sliding and rad? Yes, go, yeah, I did think about that. Movie. Yep, I yep, yep. That's enough that we excellent. <laughs> um, so, all right, so there we go. Uh, recommendations. Who has some end of the year Ooh. recommendations so, for us? Eight bit Christmas. Eight bit Christmas. Uh, if you haven't it's watched it, you've got to watch it. It's a modern kind of version of the Christmas story. Yeah. It's about Neil Patrick Harris telling his daughter the story of how he in 1988 got his Nintendo entertainment system. Yes. And my uh, proposal is that this is the closest child actor version of a young Jim DeSanto. Oh, Ooh, I don't see it, yeah. but I get All it. Right. Well, we gotta see. Timmy failure um, has the same coat and haircut. <laughs> no no oh, really all right so many recommendations so many i'm going with go. hold on hold on i'm going so with many. um the expanse is 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 uh, releasing episodes season. right now on amazon it's been great so far 
uh, and also the Wheel of Time. It was it was uh, enjoyable. All right. Yeah. All right. First and foremost, if you have not listened, you must go back and find all the episodes of Doom Thugs where Mike calls Tim, which yeah. are fabulous. Must listen to. I don't. I, the two. I don't know what it is, but it's every episode it's is is fabulous. Uh, so listen to that. If you're listening for a podcast like that Hawkeye on Disney plus, which is my favorite MCU show. And I will shamelessly plug that. I will be on the next episode of pop battle discussing Hawkeye. So tune in for that. Uh, the new season of always sunny in Philadelphia is well, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. So <laughs> I, I, I feel like I shouldn't still find this funny. Like I sh- in like in some state of stasis, like this show has been on for like 15 years and I shouldn't still find it funny. Um, but I do. And that's the dark corner of me that finds that funny. Um, criterion, a couple of choices. Uh, Hitchcock for the holidays is still up. Might I also recommend this beautiful 4k version of citizen Kane that the criterion channel has released. All right. And make sure when you purchase it, that you put com majors in the uh, keyword area. So they know that com majors are promoting it. Uh, might I also recommend this beautiful a 24 release of our favorite Ooh. movie of last year. Midsummer, Very nice. Very, very nice. And if you're looking for something to read, perhaps you could read Hitchcock and Truffaut. A delicious, delectable discussion between the director. Also available from, I don't know, some printer that won't send this. But Simon & Schuster. Oh, Simon & Schuster actually likes me. Uh, and then uh, finally, The Shit Show. The Shit's Greek Podcast. <laughs> Shamelessly plugging everything we have. Uh, hey, y'all. Thanks, your, for, we, thanks for listening. Where can you buy wine? Where can you buy wine? Don't worry about the wine. Don't worry about the wine. If you haven't yet, rate, subscribe, share yes. us about uh, maybe we were a highlight of your year. I sure hope so. I hope so. There's at least a couple of episodes. That we'll yeah, a few of them. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, yeah. Have a great 2022. Bye, everyone. Bye, Commagers. Bye.